Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, if someone to, were to ask you, what is the difference between Christianity and every other religion, what would you say? You could probably say quite a few things. But hopefully at some point the issue of justification, the issue of how we are righteous before God would come up. Because this is one of the key differences between Christianity and every other religion. It was one of the key issues, of course, at the Re- in the Reformation in the 15 and 1600s. It was a major issue then, and we may thank God, we should thank God, that this, that the rediscovery, that, that He granted the rediscovery of the Bible's teaching on justification at that time. But it's not just a key issue for that time, it's a key issue for today. It's, it's relevant for every single one of us, young and old. And, and with God's help, we hope to see that as we consider the Bible's teaching on justification, as is explained in Romans 3 and summarized in Lord's Day 23 of the Catechism, under the theme, Justified by Faith Alone. We hope to see, first of all, what a precious benefit it is. Here we'll look especially at what justification is in general and, and why it's so important. Then secondly, what, amaz- what an amazing gift it is, looking at how freely and how completely God justifies all who believe in Him. And thirdly and lastly, we'll consider what a great Savior Christ is, emphasizing there that He is the basis, the ground of justification, and faith is just the instrument by which we receive it. So, justified by faith alone, the first thing to note is what a precious benefit it is. God's Word, and especially Romans 3, which we read together with its context, teaches very clearly, congregation, that being justified is a benefit of faith alone. That's the nail that Paul's hammering really over and over again in in these chapters in Romans. It's his big point. And, and he, he, he really makes that clear in verse 28, several verses we could really say, but in verse 28, it's, he, he makes very clear, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Being justified is a benefit of faith alone. But why is it that Paul spends so much time hammering that home, not just here in Romans 3, but in other books of the Bible too, and, and throughout the whole Word of God? What, why is it that it spends so much time on this truth? Isn't it because being justified by faith, it's not just a minor benefit of faith. It's a major, it's a precious benefit of faith. What, what, what makes it so precious though? What makes it so precious? Why does Paul keep hammering it home? Well, to understand that, to understand how precious it is, we need to understand three things. We need to understand, first of all, what it means to be justified. Now, you may say, I I know that, Pastor. Let's not waste any time. And I'm glad. If you know that, I'm very thankful. But maybe the person next to you doesn't know it. And, And maybe some of the children in church don't know what it means. And maybe we could all really just use a refresher and a reminder. So what does it mean to be justified? Well, in simple terms, it means to be declared righteous. 
It means to be justified means to be legally declared innocent, not guilty. To be declared in conformity with the law. It refers to our standing before a judge. Children, you think of someone whom the police suspect has committed a crime. He's maybe like robbing a bank. Or when the police think they have enough evidence, what do they do? They, they arrest the suspect and, and they lay charges. They lay formal accusations against him. And at a certain time, that, that suspect has to appear in court before a judge. And, and the judge has to hear both sides of the case. And, and, and then after the judge has heard both sides, what does he have to do? He has to make a decision about whether that person is innocent of the, the charges that have been laid against him or whether he's guilty. And if the person is guilty, if he declares the person guilty, then that person has to be punished, usually with something like jail time or a fine or something like that. But if he declares the person innocent, then that person is justified. He has been declared righteous. He has been declared in conformity with the law regarding the charges, the accusations against him. That's what being justified means. But now it's important to understand that when the Bible speaks about being justified by faith, it's not talking about being justified or being declared righteous before a human court, before a human judge. No, it's talking about something far more solemn, far more important, far more weighty, far more precious. It's referring to to our legal standing before God. Being justified by faith means being declared righteous before God. That's what it's about in in Romans 3. It's about being justified before in the eyes of God. Verses 19 and 20 make that very clear. We, We see that especially in verse 20 where he's speaking about being justified and he's speaking negatively there because he's saying you can't be justified by the law. But notice what he says. No flesh shall be justified by the deeds of the law in his sight. In whose sight? In God's sight. And it's God himself who Paul says in verse 26 is the justifier. He is the judge. And so when you are justified, When you are declared righteous, that means that God, by faith, that means that God declares you righteous in His sight. And again, that event, that justification is a benefit of faith. Romans 3 makes that clear. And, And so does the believer's answer to question 59 of the catechism. Right? But what does it profit you now that you believe all this? Referring to all the, the articles of our Christian faith, all the things we've covered in the Apostles' Creed that we just recited. So what? You believe it? So what? You believe the gospel? So what? This is, this is the so what? That I am righteous in Christ before God. That's the benefit of faith in the gospel. That's the benefit of faith in Jesus Christ. Being declared and considered righteous in Christ before God and by God. That's what being justified means. Isn't that a precious thing to you? It should be. Not simply because of the meaning of justification, but also secondly because of its consequence. 
See, when you believe the gospel, when you trust in Jesus Christ, when, 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 when you believe in him, that, then you're not only justified, you're not only righteous in Christ before God, you, as the catechism's answer goes on to say, you are also an heir of eternal life. That is the consequence. That is the, the result of justification. What does God's word say over and over again that the just shall do by faith? The just shall live by faith. They shall live. The consequence, the result of justification of being declared righteous before God by faith alone is life, beloved. It's real life. Eternal life, everlasting life, never-ending fellowship with God in glory, in perfection begins, begins here, begins already here, but then in glory, in perfection, fellowship with God. The promise of the gospel is that whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that inheritance, that eternal life congregation is granted on the basis of justification. On the basis of being declared righteous before God. What a consequence. What a blessed result. So again, I ask you, congregation, doesn't that make, doesn't the eternal life that results from being justified make being justified by faith alone a precious thing or not? It should, especially when you understand the third thing, and that is this, all of us desperately need to be justified. All of us desperately need this benefit of faith. That is what the Holy Spirit through Paul has been, been driving home really in the first part of Romans 3 and even before that, Romans 1 and 2. He's making clear, and he makes clear especially in the verses that we read earlier, that every single one of us, both Jew and Gentile, both the covenant people of God and the people of the world are all under sin. We are all under sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. God's law, the Ten Commandments that we, we hear every week in, in, in church, God's law condemns every single one of us. It stops every mouth and makes the entire world of humanity guilty before God. That's what we are by nature, beloved. We are breakers of God's law. We are rebels. We are traitors against God. We are guilty before Him. That's what I am. That's what you are. It's God's verdict on all of us. Guilty. 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 Left to ourselves. And there's only one sentence for such people, for people who are guilty before God, death. That's the sentence. Eternal death. We should not think of that as some sort of eternal soul sleep or something like that. No, eternal death, congregation, the Bible makes very clear, is the conscious, never-ending experience of God's wrath. His righteous anger being poured out on you forever and ever and ever. 
It's the experience of never-ending tribulation and anguish and torment. That's what eternal death is. And that's the punishment we all deserve. And what's worse, there's nothing we can do to escape that punishment. There's nothing we can do to make God receive us again into His favor. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because God's law condemns every one of us and God is infinitely just and unchangeably just and righteous. His judgment is according to truth. It is fair. It is fixed. It is faithful. Every one of us is guilty before God. And therefore, as Romans 3 verse 20 says, that by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. We desperately need to be justified. But nothing we can do, nothing we do, can change God's guilty, guilty, guilty verdict. Nothing we can do can remove our guilt. Nothing we can do can remove God's wrath from us. Nothing we can do can make us righteous before God. Nothing. Have you come to understand that? Have you been cut to the heart by that? Well then, there is surely nothing more precious than to learn that there is yet a way to be justified. Not by works, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Congregation, there is nothing more precious when you have been brought to the end of yourself, when you have have lost all hope in yourself of salvation. There is nothing more precious than the words like the wolves in Romans 3, 21 and 22. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, of Jesus Christ, and the context makes clear that faith of Jesus Christ there means faith in Jesus Christ. By faith, the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ, unto all and on all them that believe. Oh, when you realize, congregation, when you realize that there is no goodness in you, that you are a lost and you are a dead and you are a condemned sinner before God, then the revelation of God's word that a man is justified, declared righteous before him by faith without the works of the law becomes exceedingly precious. Is it precious to you? Oh, that it would be precious to every single one of us you come to see what a hopeless sinner you are in yourself? Have you come to understand that you desperately need this benefit of faith? That you desperately need to be right with God through faith in Christ? Well, then you will not despise justification by faith alone. You will not despise this benefit of faith. No, you won't think it's boring. I know it all already. No. You'll be like Paul. You will prize it. You will, you will love it. You will guard it. You will defend it. Yes, you will even die for it if you have to. And, and you will live in light of it. You will live by faith, putting no confidence in yourself, but trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, resting upon Him alone for all your salvation. Because it is by faith alone that you are righteous in Christ before God and an heir of eternal life. You see with me what a precious benefit it is to be justified by faith alone. That's the first thing to know. 
But the second thing is this. What an amazing gift. The first point was, was more about what it means to be justified and, and why it's so important. But, but here in our second point, our focus is more on the way of justification. And, and look here at, at Romans 3 verse 22 again. At the end of that, that verse, Paul's just introduced this glorious doctrine of justification by faith. And then he says at the end of verse 22, For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace. Do you catch that? Being justified by faith means being justified freely by His grace. Justification by faith alone is an amazing gift. For one thing, for one thing, it's totally, totally undeserved. You know, that's what verse 24 is emphasizing when it says we are justified freely and then repeats itself essentially by saying we're not just justified freely, we're justified by His grace. It's it's. Paul's way of emphasizing it, it's a free gift. It's totally undeserved. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we are declared righteous before God, you see, in spite of our sins and our sinfulness. Being justified is not something we deserve. It's not something we're entitled to. No, as we we saw already, what we deserve is to be condemned. We deserve to go to hell. We deserve to suffer the wrath of God forever and ever and ever. That's what every single one of us deserves. But when you have believed the gospel, when you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, then God, He doesn't give you what you deserve. He gives you what you don't deserve. He gives you the opposite of what you deserve. He gives you His righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. That's what Romans 3 is, is saying. And, and that's why, congregation, the believers answer to question 60. How are you righteous before God? Is this only by a true faith in Jesus Christ? So that, though my conscience accuse me, that I have grossly transgressed all the commandments of God and kept none of them, and am still inclined to all evil, notwithstanding God, without any merit of mine, but only of mere grace, of sheer grace, grants and imputes to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ. When we are justified by faith alone, God gives us a righteousness that's totally undeserved on our part. It's like Joshua in the Old Testament. Not the Joshua who brought Israel into Canaan, but the Joshua, the high priest in Zechariah 3. There we're told that Zechariah, he saw Joshua, this, this high priest, he saw him standing before the angel of the Lord and, and Satan, the adversary, he was standing at his right hand to resist him, to accuse, to accuse him as he stands there as the representative of Israel. And his accusations are, aren't false. They're true. Joshua is not innocent. He's standing there before the angel. He's standing there clothed in filthy garments. It's a picture of his sinfulness, of, of his corruption. He's covered in iniquity. He deserves condemnation. He deserves the fire of hell. But what does the Lord do? He says to Satan in Zechariah 3, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand 
plucked from the fire. And then what does the angel of the Lord do? He gives a command. Take away the filthy garments from Joshua. And then he says to Joshua, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. It's a picture of justification. And it shows us what an undeserved gift it is. What an undeserved gift it is when the Lord does for us, does this for us. When we believe in Christ, we, we stand before Him as guilty in, in ourselves, as covered with the filthy rags of our sin. But when, when He justifies us by faith, then He takes away those filthy rags and He causes our iniquity, our corruption, and our sin and our depravity to pass from us, and He gives us a new garment. He gives us the robe of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What an amazing gift. It's totally undeserved. Totally. And what a comfort that is to know. As a believer, when you sense something of the greatness of your own sins and misery, when you see your own corruption, your own sins and your own sinfulness, when you see that even the righteousnesses that you sometimes are tempted to trust in, the righteousnesses that you thought you had, they're really nothing but filthy rags. When you realize and you are cut to the heart by the fact that you have not loved God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, that you have not loved your neighbor as yourself, when you see that, And that not only that you have not done those things, but left to yourselves, you cannot do those things. When as a Christian, you you see and you grieve over and you struggle with so much sin that still remains in yourself, so much falling short of the glory of God, then what a comfort it is to read here and be reminded that as a believer, you are justified and you are declared righteous in God's sight freely by His grace. That's the comfort of all those who belong to Him by faith, who belong to Christ. What an amazing and humbling gift. How thankful it should make us toward God. It's totally undeserved. That's a comfort to believers. But it's also a tender encouragement to you who are here And you're struggling with conviction of sin, but you have not yet come to Jesus Christ. Maybe maybe you are struggling with the guilt of some particular sins in your life. Maybe you've been very ungodly. Maybe you've done things that are shameful, that, that, that you wouldn't want anyone else to know. And you're tempted to think there's no hope. I'm finished. If that's you this afternoon, then listen. Listen to our text. It's telling you there is hope. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You say you don't deserve God's forgiveness. You say you're too wicked. You've been too wicked. You've committed horrible sins that you don't even dare to name. 
You say you are ungodly through and through in every way. You say you are the chief of sinners. Listen, you are the very kind of person that God delights to justify. Romans 4 verse 5 says so very clearly, to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies who? The ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. God justifies the ungodly, all the ungodly who believe in him, who trust in Christ. And he does it freely, freely, completely freely by his grace. He declares righteous every ungodly sinner, no matter how wicked, no matter how evil, every ungodly sinner who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why there's hope for you. That's why there's hope for me. Well, then don't stay away from Christ. Don't continue in unbelief. Don't try to make yourself better first, but just come to Christ. Don't you hear him even through this, this text? Don't you hear the echo of his, of his voice from Matthew 11? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you my righteousness freely. A gift that's totally undeserved, but not only that, it's also totally flawless. The righteousness that we receive by faith in Christ is without spot. It's without blemish of any kind. It is the righteousness of God. It's perfect. It has to be. Or Paul could not say in Romans 5 verse 1, a few chapters later, that being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Because God demands a righteousness that is flawless and perfect. And he he doesn't change. He cannot change. If we are to have peace with God, if we are to be accepted by God, we need a perfect righteousness. That is the only way we can be reconciled to Him. And that is what God gives us in justification. In justification, our sins are no longer imputed to us. They are no longer reckoned or charged to our account. You know where they're charged? They're charged to the account of Jesus Christ. There is this, and his righteousness is imputed, is charged to us. There's this great exchange, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God has made him who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that when we are justified, our iniquities are forgiven, and our sins are covered completely and totally and in their place. God imputes to us the righteousness of Christ. And and that's a perfect righteousness. It's it's so perfect. It's so flawless. That the believer can say, in the words, again, of the catechism's answer to question 60, it's as if I never had, had, nor committed any sin. And, yea, it's as if I had fully accomplished all that obedience which Christ has accomplished for me. It's perfect. Isn't isn't that an amazing gift? Doesn't it make you want to exclaim as we come now to our third point? What a great Savior Christ is. It should. Look again at Romans 3, verses 23 to 25. For all have sinned, it says, and come short of the glory of God. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Congregation, these words tell us what a great Savior, what a great Savior Christ is. They tell us that his work is the only basis for our justification. Sinners are justified by faith, yes, but faith is not the basis or the ground of being righteous before God. It does not earn our righteousness. No, we are justified, we are declared righteous on the basis of one thing and one thing only, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That is the only way, the only way we can escape the punishment we deserve because of our sins. And that is the only way we can be received back into the favor of God. It is all in Jesus Christ whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Through Christ satisfying the justice of God for us. By his active obedience, living a life of perfect obedience, perfect righteousness and holiness to God's law. As a lamb without spot, as a a lamb without blemish as the righteous servant of the Lord, and not just through his active obedience, but through his passive obedience, his shedding his blood and his dying on the cross, not for his own sin. He didn't have any sin. No, for the sins of many others. It's through his dying on the cross of the perfect sacrifice by which God's wrath on sin was completely satisfied. So that, All who believe in him might be reconciled to God and accepted by him. It's Christ's work. That's what propitiation means, by the way. The removal of the wrath of God, the restoration of his favor, of his smile upon us. It's Christ's work that does that. His work alone is the ground of our justification. Our text makes that very clear. And that's why... Just referring to the Catechism again, when question 61 asks, why do you say that you are righteous by faith only? The believer's answer is this, not that I am acceptable to God on the account of the worthiness of my faith, but because only the satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ is my righteousness before God. It is Christ's work and his work alone that is the basis, the reason, the ground of our being righteous before God in his sight. It's not our faith. It's not even Christ's work plus our faith. No, it's Christ's work alone. That's your hope. That's my hope. That's our confidence, dear believers. Not our faith, but Christ's work alone. All other ground is sinking sand, but not the work of Jesus Christ. Because it is all sufficient. It is all sufficient. Verse 25 goes on to say, Romans 3, God has set forth Christ to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to what? To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. There's a lot there in the in that verse, and we're not going to expound it all. But, but just to summarize what it's basically saying, it's saying that Christ's work is all-sufficient. It satisfies for the sins of all believers, even the sins of all those who believed in Christ from before his coming. 
Because of his work, God is at the same time just and the justifier of everyone who believes in Jesus. That means his work, the work of Jesus Christ, is all sufficient. What a great Savior. That's what this doctrine, that's what this teaching, justification by faith alone, should lead us to confess, should lead us to exclaim, should lead us to joyfully proclaim. To lead us to boast in Jesus Christ alone, not in ourselves. Yes, faith is important. It is crucial. The answer, the answer to question 61, the rest of the answer makes clear. We, we cannot receive and apply that righteousness of Christ to ourselves in any other way than by faith only. Faith is absolutely necessary. If we are to be justified, if we are to be righteous before God, but the reason is not because it makes us worthy of His righteousness. It's because there's no other way to receive it. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. The only way to receive it is by faith in Jesus Christ, by coming to Him with nothing in our hands to bring, simply to His cross to cling Yes, that's what faith is. It's clinging to Christ alone, Christ crucified. And yes, also risen again, all that the gospel declares. Clinging to Christ alone. It's a receiving faith, is a receiving and a resting upon Him alone for salvation. As He is offered to us in the gospel. Through that faith. We are justified because Christ is such a great Savior. He has done it all. Have you come to see that? Have you come to believe in Him? Oh, if you have not, don't you see? Don't you see that He is the only way for you to be saved? And He's all sufficient. He's offering himself to you here in his word. He's saying, I've done it all. Trust in me. Rest upon me. Lean upon me. That everyone would turn. That's my desire, congregation. That every single one of us would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, young and old. It's the only way for you and me to be righteous before God. And dear believers, dear fellow believers, how thankful and how humbled we should be that we should be justified, that we should be righteous in Christ before God. What a precious benefit that is. What an amazing gift that is. And what a great Savior Christ is. Surely He deserves then our total devotion, our wholehearted praise, and our lifelong service now and to all eternity, to the glory of God who set him forth to be that propitiation. Will you do that? By his grace and by his Holy Spirit. That, that's what will show, you know, that you have been justified by faith alone. Could not think of any better words to conclude than the last words of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior. 
be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.